What's up, everyone? This is Patrick Jones. You're listening to The Road to the Show. On this episode, we have Marcus Davis. Marcus is a former professional baseball player who is now looking forward to a long coaching career in professional baseball. In this episode, we talk a little bit about playoffs, um, hitting mechanics, some similarities that he sees uh, while working with younger players, and a whole lot more good stuff. Uh, Marcus is a really good dude. He's a good friend of mine. Um, and he's really knowledgeable about the game of baseball. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. And without further ado, Marcus Davis. What's up, everybody? This is Patrick Jones. You're listening to The Road to the Show. Today I have on former professional baseball player for the San Diego Padres and Chicago White Sox, Marcus Davis. Marcus, thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. So we got the World Series going on right now between uh, Dodgers and Astros. Um, what have you seen so far from the first few games? Man, it's just it's been crazy to see how how well the game can be played. Um, I've been really impressed with the approaches that a lot of those guys have because you're seeing, you know, some of the best pitchers in the world between. Verlander and Kershaw and those guys are still putting in quality ABs. What's your what what kind of approach do you think um players should have? Um I think you just gotta figure out what you want. Uh I think I tell all my young guys that um you really need to be self aware to be a good hitter and um there's no you know, right or wrong answer or definite to to that question, but um, just to be the best you, you got to know what you can handle and and kind of carve your approach around that. I see guys like Jose Altuve. You know, there's smaller guys out there, um, and you know, you obviously know that we're in this era of you know, get the ball in the air. Uh, what's your What's your thinking on all that? Um, I think it, it serves a purpose. Uh, you know, you definitely got to know where your value is. If you're a big, strong kid, then it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for you to be, you know, training towards uh, ground ball singles and stuff like that. But I also think that it's a it's, – I think it's more advanced than what people um, want to admit. I think that a lot of the guys who are – you know, in the big leagues that are that have found new success with trying to get the ball in the air a little bit more, it goes overlooked that those guys got there um, before making that change. So, you know, if you're talented enough and you can kind of handle the strike zone and make sure that you're hitting what you want to hit, then I'd say the the whole, you know, using launch angles and all that good stuff comes into play. But if you can't, you know, manage the strike zone, then the all that launch angle stuff isn't really going to help you too much. So you think it's basically backwards because you know on social media, you know, you have all these kids who all all they care about is home runs and everything. You're saying you think that they should learn, you know, an actual approach first and then work on the other stuff. Yeah, I, I've you know I've kind of run into it a little bit with some of the the guys that I've helped out uh, high school age and college age and. I I kind of say the same thing. It's just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me personally to to do something that 
you know, so few people at the big league, big league level have been able to do. I mean, you look at a guy like Daniel Murphy, who for the first part of his big league career was just known as a singles and doubles guy. But you go back and look, and I mean, he he hit for a high average at every level he played at. So, you know, I think it's a lot easier for somebody like him who's like, hey, I'm not going to strike out. Um, I'm going to put the ball in play, and, and I hit for a high average. So maybe I should try to change my angle a little bit. But a lot of – I mean, me personally, I didn't really have an approach until I got the pro ball. So, I mean, I don't think it, it does serves you much purpose to be worried about the mechanical aspect of that uh, if you can't manipulate the strike zone. That makes – you know, that definitely makes sense to me. Um what what type of things do you tell like some of your high school players? I know you coach right now, um, helping out coaching high school baseball. Eventually, you're gonna get back into professional baseball. What's like a common common flaw that you see when you're coaching like high school kids? Um, just you know, sound like uh, a broken record, but uh, we really just try to to hone in on on being really good in one part of the plate. Um, you know, pitchers pitchers have their comfort zone. And we have to find a way to defend it. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to um, have a hidden coach. Well, two of them, really. One, Vince Harrison, who's uh, Josh Harrison's older brother. And another, his name's uh, Homer Bush, who played on the um, 98 Yankees, who really kind of broke down looking for balls down in the zone. And if the pitchers are going to train to hit the to hit that spot over and over again, that you have to do something different on your end to, to put yourself in a position to defend it, so to speak. And I, I'm not, you know, necessarily in the business of telling them that you need to be able to hit pitchers' pitches, but if we can hit their mistakes and we know where they're aiming, I mean, therefore you know where the mistakes will be, you put yourself in a pretty good spot to um, – you know, get some good pitches to hit. That's interesting. When it coming from like you know high school players specifically, do you see a lot of kids who don't live up to their like potential per se because they're always worried about you know college coaches like recruiting them? Yeah, I think they get caught up in the wrong stuff. Um, I know I did it when I was playing, and um, it's, it's very understandable because at that age you're really just you know, you're taking a swing and then you're looking over your shoulder to see if if anybody, um, you know, you've caught anybody's eye. But, um, you know, I always tell the guys that, I mean, if you can play, somebody will see it. So there's not, I mean, don't don't kill yourself trying to impress the guy that's watching you just because of, you know, maybe he's affiliated with a coach or he, he runs a, you know, like a perfect game or a PBR or something like that. When you uh, it's I'm glad you brought that up a little bit because when you actually have a a pretty interesting story to me, you ended up going to uh, Walter State Community College for two years. What was that? What was the junior college uh, route like? Because a lot of players out there they don't really understand. They want to go. Oh, they're obsessed with you know. I, I'm sure you know Division One, High Division One. What was the going to Walter State your first two years like? It was good. Um, it was good just to to understand that they're all levels of baseball. There's everybody's got the same common goals. Um, 
you know, you get to see a different part of the world and, and really a different way of living just from the guys who are local and, and some of the other guys who aren't. But, um, I was fortunate enough to play there and honestly the, the fall off, um, isn't that great. You know, you, there's a lot of guys across baseball, especially in division one level who spent time in junior college. And it's, you know, it's, it's a good way to kind of get yourself acclimated and, and ready for what college baseball is like. Is the, but you went, you ended up going to Florida state, right? Which is like top level college baseball, ACC. Um, was there a big diff, big jump between going from junior college to the ACC and playing right away? Um, yes and no. Um, I think that at least in the league that I was in for junior college, everybody's, you know, Friday guy could pitch in the ACC in, you know, some capacity, whether it be being a reliever or, um, you know, starter midweek, whatever the case is. I think the biggest difference is just, um, the depth and then you get so much more information. Um, you get to watch guys pitch and you get reports on some guys and it, it just makes it a little bit easier to kind of um, mentally prepare for what you're going to be getting yourself into. So are you one of those guys who, who takes those uh, scattering reports pretty seriously and studies them before um, every game? Um, yeah, but you can't overdo it, you know, because every game's a little bit different. But you can – um, just try to find tendencies. And even in, you know, professional baseball, you get video on guys and then you don't really get reports, but you, it's in the memory bank. So you get to, you know, you get to August or September and you've seen a guy a couple of times, you can watch your ABs and just kind of have in the back of your mind, what if we get to a certain count, he might try to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, so when you, when you went from Florida state, you got drafted, you went to the Padres. Why do you think so many, uh, players have a, have trouble adjusting from college baseball to professional? Is it just the wood? Because I've heard that the pitching is pretty similar in like a ball anyway. Um, I think it's a, I think everybody's a little bit different, but you know, for me personally, it was, um, kind of a situation where I felt like, you know, you, you've reached a goal that you've kind of set out for your whole life and it, and it can be overwhelming. Um, my first, uh, season was awful to be completely honest <laughs> with you. I, I didn't, I didn't hit well at all. And it was just one of those deals where it's like, you're trying so hard to prove that you belong because again, you've been, you know, working 15, 20 years towards that goal. And, you know, you're seeing guys who pitch from all over the place. It's not just, you know, one college conference or one state that you live in. It's literally, you know, guys from the Dominican. You have guys from over in Asia, Venezuela, all over the place. So I think it's just um, what makes it difficult is just the fact that you've realized the dream and now it's that almost like you forget that it's still baseball. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. There's, you know, like you said, you're fulfilling your your ultimate dream. Um, your second year, right? You had a full off season. Your second year, you came back and, and ended up playing really well. Um, what did you make certain adjustments that off season? Yeah, um, I, I I mentioned them earlier. I, I, I handed uh, Vince the keys. You know, I said, <laughs> hey, 
uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be this hard or if I'm making it harder, but I'm ready to start from scratch. You know, a lot of it's funny because, um, you know, normally you don't really pick up a bat in the off season until, you know, late November, early December at the earliest. Like that's if you have something to work on. And I got home prior to September, like around the first week of September. And I took about 10 days off and I called Vince and he's like, you sure you want to hit? And I'm like, we got to hit. We got some stuff to work on. <laughs> so he was like, all right, well, I'll let you know. And then we just got, you know, in the lab and, and figured some stuff out. That's awesome. I mean, and obviously, you know, as a you know professional athlete yourself, you know that when you're not feeling right, you got to get back in there and, and figure some things out. And, you know, I know Vince as well, and he's he's an awesome guy. He's helped me out as well. Um, I want to kind of get into a little bit of, you know, during the professional baseball season, right, everyone talks about the grind. Do you think it's it's harder, right, right like physically because your body's going to be breaking down throughout the course of the season, or is it more mental? Man, I, I'll tell you what, it, it is 100% harder on you mental. Um, nowadays, you know, you – there's so much information out there on how to take care of your body and um, what to eat and, and all that stuff. And the training staffs are top notch and the weight room staffs are top notch. I think that, you know, you might get some nicks and bruises along the way, which is normal. I mean, you're doing something every day for, you know, five, six months. It doesn't really matter what it is in life. If you do something <laughs> for five or six months, something's going to start hurting. But mentally, it's just, you know, the ebbs and flows of the season, uh, dealing with outside baseball stuff that you know is still kind of affecting the way you're playing, whether it be family or, you know, there's guys who are still in school while they're uh, playing. And, you know, just the grind of it all mentally is, is much more tasking than physically, in my opinion. Were there, did you have any like ways of, of getting yourself uh, mentally ready to play? Because, you know, like you were just saying, there's so many things going on outside of baseball. Maybe you had a tough game the day before. How would you get yourself back ready to, to compete against some of the best players um, out there? Yeah, um, when I was with the Padres, we were pretty fortunate to have a, a mental coach. Who he, was, he, he was 24-7 whenever you – wanted to talk to him you could so um he gave me a couple um i guess methods to kind of reset so to speak and like two of the things that it's they're really weird but there were two things that i i swear by today the first was like driving to the field a different way like just breaking up the routine and, and finding a different way to get to the field and then the other thing would just be to, on the way to the field, just scrolling through the contacts and calling somebody you really hadn't talked to in a while. Um, it kind of puts in perspective, you know, how far you've come and the good people you've met along the way. And it makes it a little bit easier to kind of clock in once you get there. Wow, that's interesting. I'm I'm glad you, you said that. I've never I've never thought of that before. I wish I would have tried that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the guy's name is uh, Jason Jason Amoroso, I think is his name, and he was he was amazing, man. He had all the these little 
little tips to to kind of get you back on track. That's really cool. Is it um speaking of of kind of the everyday lifestyle, um is it really like that that big of a grind in terms of the travel? Like are the buses that bad and the hotel and the food and everything? Um the higher you get up, the the easier it is. Uh rookie balls is kind of rough because you have close to 40 guys on the bus and um the trips are a lot further and yeah, the, the food's kind of iffy and the spread isn't big. They make spread for 30 guys and the (laughs) rosters are a little bit bigger in, in, um, rookie ball. So there's some nights where it's like, "Ah, I'll just, I'll just go to whatever place is open instead of eating there. But, um, I really, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, being in college as far as the food goes it's it's a little bit of freezer food and you know they try to mix in like some healthy stuff before the game but after generally it's just whoever sponsors the team locally and but the food's not too bad the hotels i really i mean you hear some horror stories and i've stayed in some some less than stellar ones but for the most part they kind of take care of you um with the hotels. And I think that's just because there's really not a lot of bad ones out there anymore. <laughs> one of the things that, you know, people don't really put up with. So the standard of hotel had to, had to go up. Yeah. Yeah. They had no choice. Um, do you have any crazy, like, uh, any crazy, like minor league stories or things that, that happened along the way? Um, on the spot there yeah um, like I'll, I'll give you an example for one right real quick so last year i played indie ball out in california and um it, we the way it was the way it was set up for us i mean this is how low budget this you know low level indie league was it was four guys to a room in a motel six right ooh. four guys to a room um in tucson arizona um, and then it got to a point we went back to this place like three or four times and it was like, Oh my, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's just crazy. So I, w- I went down to the, the front desk and I was like, Hey man, like our, our AC's broke. I need a new key to a new room. And he was like, Oh, okay. No, we're like, he didn't care. It wasn't his, you know, so he just gave me a new key. So I just got my own room. There you go. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Funny. This is this one's kind of funny. My again going back to the rookie ball thing because you know it's the the time of your life in rookie ball. But we um when I was playing in Eugene, we we'd have to go to Canada, and uh, our clubby um, at the time was supposed to he he needed to take money out. Um, off his card so he could buy spread in Canada, right? Get it changed over because he, I, in a way, like he didn't have an international uh, debit card or, or whatever the case is. So uh, he doesn't take out enough because he doesn't know the conversion rate. <laughs> so, like, we're there for five days. And by like the third day, there was no spread and no way to get more spread at that point. <laughs> so the last two days is just like there was literally, you know, bread on the table, but nothing to put in it. Like no peanut butter, jelly, no, no lunch meat, nothing. So it's just like we 
we finished BP before the game, and you see, you know, almost half of the team walking to the concession stand <laughs> to buy something before the game to eat. So you guys, That's one of you, you guys, that I always tell you guys didn't didn't uh, tip him. I guess that trip. No, that trip was that that one wasn't good for anybody. That that trip was not <laughs> fun for him or us. I love that story. Um, who was who's the toughest pitcher you've ever faced in in the minors? Um, or was did you face someone at Florida State who was even better? I'll give you I'll give you two. The first was that when I was in Florida State, uh, Kyle Crockett. He pitched at UVA. He's a he got up in the, he's a, a reliever in the Indians organization who got up to the big leagues like the year he got drafted or like ended up going to spring training or something crazy like that. And then um, last year I got the first Kopech, Michael Kopech. Oh, really? And yeah, that's like swinging at something that's not there. (laughs) Basically he throws incredibly hard. When you're facing hard throwers or is it, are you just going up there and be like, if it's close, I'm just going to be hacking. Actually, it's the opposite. Um, you really try to try to to shrink the zone, so to speak, because with those guys, it's like if if I'm if I can sell out in one spot, then you know maybe I get barreled to it. But if I'm if I'm trying to look at too much, I may touch it, but it's going to be some weak contact somewhere anyway. So that's one of those cases where you know I'd rather just look in the spot, and if I happen to strike out looking, then so be it. Yeah, you get that patience going. That, that makes complete sense. One last question, and then we'll let you get going here. Who's going to win the World Series, Dodgers or Astros? The Astros. Oh, you sound I'm convinced. All in on the Astros. I'm all, I really like the Dodgers, but I just think that there's something about the Astros. Like, their lineup, and I understand the Dodgers have a great lineup too, but the Astros, is just they just keep coming at you. And it's just... You know, you got Altuve who's who's doing unreal things right now, and he's only being protected by, you know, a top, what, two or three shortstop in the game. And, you, you know, you got old guys like, like Beltran and uh, McCann holding it down. I just think that they they got too much coming in, in too many ways, even for the Dodgers pitching staff. And, they, dude, anytime you – the way Verlander's been throwing, too, I mean, that guy, he might come out of the pen – Anytime. I mean, he he doesn't yeah. care. Absolutely. And, I mean, Kaku got, got hit around a little bit, but I like his chances whenever he, he steps back on the mound, too. Gotcha. Marcus, really appreciate you stopping by, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. 